Oh, I can't stay in more golf, I suppose, shall we? Oh, hang on. Can you hear that? Hello, screen bud. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to The Waiting Room, a Quantum Leap podcast. My name is Sai, uh, I am one of your hosts and with me as always in this little venture back and forth through time, jumping around with our good friend Sam is the always awesome Mr. Benny Mac. How are we doing, sir? I'm doing very well, thank you, Sai. You big me up way too much, but I appreciate it. Yeah, no worries, no worries. <laughs> um, well, you, you say you're all right, you've been a bit poorly, mate, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, in terms of the release date of this and everything, obviously they'll come out once a week, but uh, we've had a bit of a delay in recording. So I will say for the fans, because we've had a few people where we've been sending out tweets and, you know, and over our socials and everything, which we'll give out later on. But, um, like, we've had some really good responses and they can't wait for it. So my, the delay is my fault because I've not been too well. <laughs> but things are looking <laughs> back up. Uh, I haven't had Sam come back and fix it, so I'm guessing it was meant to happen. Yeah, there you go, mate. There you go. Or perhaps you just saw it as a lost cause and went somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Uh, I've heard that before in my life. Thank you very much for reminding me. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Um, On today's episode of The Waiting Room, we're looking at uh, an episode of Quantum Leap that I was really looking forward to when we decided to do this project. I actually, in my head, thought this episode we're going to look back on today was much later in the series. It wasn't until I sort of looked down the the episode lists that I realised it was in it was in season one. So I was overjoyed that we're getting this episode as early as we are, uh, and that's the colour of truth, Benny. Um, before we get into um, the actors involved and the episode itself, what what are your thoughts just just as an overall view of, of this episode? Um, a colour of truth. Well, no pun intended. Here. I'm going to mirror image what you just said a little bit, but uh, it was. Um... I thought I thought it was in season two, I will admit. But when I again, like yourself, when I saw the list, I was like, "Oh yes," I thought, and I'm like, "I thought that was in season two, but yeah, a lot earlier than." In fact, there's two episodes in this season that I was really looking forward to, and this is one of them. So, um, yeah, it it was good. I'm so glad it was in the season one, and I believe it's one of the higher rated um, episodes throughout the entire like franchise of the series. You know, from from season one to five. So. Um, I would say it's definitely in that list of favourite episodes, I would say, for Quantum Leap fans. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I, I think the big the big thing is with um, with this episode and the other episode that we were looking forward to hugely, which I'm guessing, for, for me, it was Kamikaze Kid. I'm assuming it's the same one for you. Yeah, this, obviously, that's our next episode, Kamikaze yes. Kid, I'm looking forward to 100%. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, this one and uh, Kamikaze Kid are probably the... I would, I mean, well, we're not getting there yet, but obviously throughout the entire episodes, like from season one to five, as I just said, I would say they're up there with like episodes like Jimmy and stuff, you know, so um, very popular episodes. Yeah, that's it. And again, that's why it surprised me that it was so early in the show's run, because I always, I, I suppose I said it at the very, very beginning in our very first episode about sort of worries i had in doing this project worries i had in, in doing this look back on this show that I, I remember so favorably was season one and 
uh, it's almost like I have to sort of prefix any time I talk to people about Quantum Leap and they say, oh, we're going to give it a try. Or, yeah. or people online say, oh, we're going to watch Quantum Leap for the first time because of the show you're recording, which we've had a few few people yeah, say. Yeah, which is, which is really cool to have, to be honest. We, we haven't even, like, as we sit here t- talking now, I know we're like episodes, what are we, episode seven at this point in the series, mm-hmm. um, but we haven't obviously, as we record to... You know, we haven't released it. Released it yet. So having that feedback before we've even released it, I just hope people are enjoying it, and I hope you uh, will join us going forward. So, yeah, definitely, definitely. But those people, I almost have to sort of prefix this with by saying, get through season one, because when you get to season two, it's worth it. Um, yeah, yeah. I've not got many great memories or great. I don't look back on season one with massive massive amounts of fondness um i think it does look a little more dated than the other episodes because obviously they haven't got as much money to spend and obviously it is older obviously well, it's only um, nine episodes isn't it in the season as well so that's yes, you know for exactly, a, a, yeah. i mean most but, seasons have roughly i would say if it depended on the popularity some they might go we'll order 12 episodes but they might order three then five, then they might get to 12 and they say that'll do for season one. And then they'll commission a series for like 22 to 24 episodes the following season. So you can kind of tell it was, it obviously did very well with those nine episodes for it to be picked up again. Um, But yeah, I wouldn't say like you, it isn't the best, but there are a few standout moments within this season that, well, at least kept me coming back anyway. So yeah. And and that's the, that's the point I'm sort of, I'm getting at, I, I suppose. Color of Truth and Kamikaze Kid, I look back on those as being really good episodes of Quantum Leap. So I assumed they were later in the show's run yes, because yeah. I looked back on season one less favorably. So seeing them this early was quite a surprise for me. Yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, I, I, I sort of second that, really. Um, I honestly, like Kamikaze Kid, I remember being in season one, but for some reason, Color of Truth, what, what we're going to talk about in a second like you i know i'm re- sort of repeating it but like i honestly thought it was in season two so yeah. it's quite good to have that little like because i'm pretty sure this one was nominated for an emmy maybe i would assume so. i remember reading that somewhere i could be wrong on that i'm sure somebody would tell me if i'm wrong um but it's uh it's a very powerful and this is what we talked about at the beginning of this series and the first episode like this is one of those episodes where it even though it's set in the 50s and it was filmed in the 80s still kind of is culturally relevant we can also see how far we've come as well but there's obviously still an underlying issue there as well so it's still i think it still relates uh, even in 2021 yeah definitely definitely um i mean there are moments in this episode that i i sat watching earlier on and i sort of did wince a little bit at some of the language used and so on but it's very it's very accurate for the time, isn't it? I suppose because ultimately Sam has leapt into the um, the, the persona of th- this individual called Jesse, who is a, a black black man in the southern states of America in the 1950s. Yeah, 1955. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, in a place called Red Dog, Alabama, which just sounds so. It sounds. It sounds. <laughs> you guarantee that was like founded by <laughs> back in the outlaw days, wasn't it? You yeah. know, in the way, <laughs> you know, um, um, and it's it's during the times of uh, segregation. Um, blacks, whites, and so on weren't allowed to mix, um, and they were. <laughs> uh, the black people were very much viewed upon as a much 
a, a distant secondary look down on is yeah, the best way to yeah, put exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. And it's whereas this episode is really good for sort of opening the opening people's eyes, opening the viewers' eyes for the struggles that these people encountered back in this time and this 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 place. It's still uncomfortable at times when you hear people, even the characters who are, are, are good characters, I suppose, their their heart is in the right place. They still refer to Sam's character and his family and and other black people by using the N word and so on. Yeah, it's and, and these are the characters that you like, and it's just a case of it's how things were. I'm not saying that's right, but it's how things were back then, I suppose. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I just want to. It is even. I've watched it so many times. It's one of my favorite episodes because it's it's very powerful. It sends the right message overall, but yes. to get to that ending, we have to sit through. And, and Sam doesn't like it at all, does he? He's very no. much. I mean, um, there's a scene where like he is talking to the son of the um, Miss Melanie, who's a widower of a former governor of the state. So quite a high. Um, up in the uh, sort of social scene, I guess, at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, he is kind of telling, we'll get into it, but he's kind of telling Sam off for doing something, which we'll get into in a second. And there's a bit where Sam basically doesn't want to take it anymore, steps towards him and just picks up the pot, pot, plot, uh, flower pot and puts it over somewhere else. But the look on the dude's face when Jesse, a.k.a. Sam, walks towards him as if to say, you need to watch what you say, is a very good moment to say that Sam is not going to tolerate this language. He does to a degree, but every time somebody says the certain words, which I don't want to say because I find it uncomfortable and it shouldn't be said, to be honest. Yeah, of course. Um, But he very much um, doesn't like it. But to keep the persona of Jesse to do what he's there to do, he's almost got to tolerate it for a little bit. But he only tolerates it for probably, what, four or five days? And he's very much like fighting back from it fighting against it from day one which is brilliant to see but you know you can see it in sam's face whenever tom said puts jesse down or says a certain word or says you can't sit here or you can't use that and it's like why you don't see i mean sam says it himself it's wrong because basically as the episode starts sam doesn't realize he's a black man in the 50s he just sits at a lunch counter because he's hungry yeah and Basically, and just causes this great co- almighty It's unbelievable, <laughs> isn't it, to see? Because we haven't grown up in that time, have we, to be fair? So no. it's, uh, and we know what's right and wrong. We've learned from it, as I said. But this is a good reminder to remember where we were, how far we've come, but there's still not, we're still not quite there yet. Um, but how Sam puts it is, it shouldn't be that I'm a black man sitting at a counter. It should be seen as I'm a hungry man sitting at a counter. doesn't matter what you look like, what you dress like, what you look like, you know, anything. Pink, purple, green, black, gray whatever color you are doesn't matter treat people with respect and humility i guess is the right word i hope that's right it's a a damn good episode to be fair yeah it it shows again i suppose how how we've how far we've come i suppose uh in general because you look at it now 2021 acceptance is is sort of i suppose preached i guess for want of a better term yeah. On social media, on sporting events, I mean, I, I watched, um, I, I watched my, my my football team this afternoon, uh, and they all took the knee before the game, 
as a way of again sort of raising awareness to race issues that are yeah. still going on yeah they're slightly different now because you get people being abusive online so it's a completely different world to what sam faced here in 1955 but there is progress i think and uh, that's that's a good thing and you also look at i mean i mean to me racism and homophobia they they are very much i always kind of look at them in, in, in a similar way because i think anyone who is racist or homophobic regardless of which one they are that they're equally a fucking idiot so that to me i i, I suppose rightly or wrongly i banned it altogether i suppose as being a moronic state of mind and i look at people i know who who are gay who are trans who, who whatever i've got um one of my best friends from football is black my father-in-law is black and it's just like the fact that now my kids my youngest being 11 uh, and my eldest now being 18 my kids never look at these people as being different to themselves i think is a is a good state of affairs when it comes to yeah. well first of all how well my wife has done bringing them up and, and me hopefully alongside <laughs> her but um yeah well <laughs> yeah definitely society in general i mean my, my son when he was at infant school he was trying to describe us his new friend he'd met that day. And this is going back a few years. He's 18 now. But he's trying to describe to us his, his new friend he had met that day. Um, and it was it, it, at no point did he describe him as being Asian. He just saw him as another kid. And I felt so proud at that moment that it didn't even enter his mind to describe him as an Asian child or yeah. somebody from, from that part of the world or, or have an ancestors from that part of the world. Yeah. And then you go back to looking at what we see here where rightfully so the people who have created this episode of quantum leap have made it slightly uncomfortable because that is what these people lived through it shows i think how incredible how incredibly brave these people were back in the 50s to stand up to this yeah because you said about acceptance before a lot of these people didn't like what was going on but because they wanted to just live their life and not have any trouble they would kind of maybe not partake in the the you know the the negative but they wouldn't do anything at all so it was looked on like they want to kind of be left alone so they can live their own life as well so it's mm -hmm. fitting in again um but yeah it's uh like i said it's a powerful episode and it's just um i will never forget this episode i tell you it's um as i said even like i even said 2021 as you've already put out very very uh said already is it's very relevant i find um and it's always good to make sure we don't forget where we've come from. I don't want to be battered over the head with it. I don't want to be saying you shouldn't be watching this and all this kind of stuff. Because if we don't don't learn from our past, as they say, we're doomed to repeat it. So, um, yes. yeah, we, uh, yeah. I, I, hopefully, at one point in this, I don't know when, I don't know how. <laughs> but hopefully, we get to a point where we just see humans or men, women, or whatever you, you know, whatever you want to be called as people and make sure we're all looked after and look after each other really i suppose That's, i don't really know yeah. how better how, a better way to put it so yeah exactly um so benny um do we have any news or, or comments on the actors in this episode whereabouts we might have seen them or where whereabouts we yeah. might have recognized a face i mean i know there's one individual who i recognized from actually another episode of quantum leap oh I must have missed that, but yeah, we got a few tropes, and I would actually play the sound if I actually turn the sound up. 
There we go. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. It, it, do you know what I mean? A couple of weeks off, not recording. I've, everything's on the pot. So <laughs> you would think this is the first episode again. Who was the one that's in a previous in another episode? Then I missed that. Um, the guy's name escapes me, but he he was Sam's son. Sorry, Jesse's son. Um. So the father of Nell, who picked Jesse up. Oh, Willis. Yeah. He ah. also played a character called Isaac in a couple of seasons time when oh. Sam, for so, something goes a bit wrong and he ends up leaping into an, uh, the 1800s. And oh, smuggling yes. Images. I remember now. And is, yeah. he, cho- he chose his. Yeah, we'll get to that. I know exactly what you're on about now. Yes. Because that's all to do with Al, isn't it, and everything as well. That's how it's all linked together to a, to a degree, if I remember rightly. We'll have to get there. Yeah, yeah we're mentioning him then. Um, Michael D. Roberts, as you said. Uh, he's done a few things here and there. He was in A Star Is Born. He was Matty. So I've not seen the film yet, but it's supposed to be quite good. He's done stuff like Girl Meets World. I didn't know there was a Girl Meets World, actually. I thought I know that I'm was not... the sequel, wasn't it? it was it really? The, uh... Yeah, the person who did Boy Meets World. Um, has a daughter, and it's set. It's fairly recent, it's only a few years back. I oh, think, is it really? There. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he was in Parks and Recreation as well. He was Joe uh, in that. Um, so I've seen a few of those. Um, and then, uh, like I said, Star Wars Born is probably the most recent thing, at least listed here um, on there. There was also the Sheriff, Sheriff Blunt, uh, Royce, oh, what's his name? Royce D. Applegate. Um, the one thing I took from this is. Um, he he did a voice in Eddie Murphy's Doctor Who. A uh, Doctor Who. What am I on about? Doctor Doolittle. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, he was the I Love You Dog or something in that. Um, he was in. Oh, oh, okay. He was in Oh Brother. Oh Brother, where art thou? And I think he was a. Um, it says man with something there, but it cut, it's cut it off, which I had earlier. I've forgotten what it was. Um, what else was he in? There was a list here somewhere, and I've lost it. There we go. Yeah, uh, he's done a few films. Phoenix uh, Under Siege Two. I think he does like small parts. He was in Sequest. Do you remember that? No. Uh, what was that? Chief Manilo. He was in that. It was like an underwater sci-fi. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah. Or, so, was it a similar, similar sort of time as when like the Stargate series was like that kind of whole I think vibe? Just, that sort of I thing. think just before. I think just before okay. it started. I can't remember the. And then obviously Ms. Melanie. Um, now, when I before, as I, I will mention this quickly because when I went back to watch this. Another, another trope there, obviously. Um, it was a case of, I remember her being a little bit annoying. Um, mm. This time round, I didn't find her annoying at all. No, um, not, that's so strange because I had exactly the same memory. That There's two things, memory-wise, that I, I don't know whether you want to refer to it as a Swiss cheese on my part. I'm not sure. <laughs> there's two things, memory-wise, that that do stand out for me with this. One is exactly what you've just said, that I thought she was going to mm. irritate the crap out of me. But she doesn't. So it's weird how we both have that same feeling. Um, yeah. And two, I've always thought that Sam did one of his crazy spin spinning back kick jobs to one of the racists, but that doesn't happen. No, I think, it was I th- in my head. I thought it did. Yeah, I think I remember. I thought I remembered him punching somebody because, do you know, mm. but that might be just the way I felt towards the people that were treating him and his family like that. Um, so I, I think I felt, I think it's more how we feel and we're looking back at the episode and going, I, oh, because obviously you said about the spin kick. I thought he lamped uh, one of the lads because obviously mm. we'll get into it, but obviously the stuff they do. So Ms. Melanie, uh, Susan French, her name is. Unfortunately, she passed away in April 6, 2003. Um, but she was uh, born in 1912. So, you know, she was uh, 
getting up there in Quantum Leap, to be fair. But she was in Flatliners, uh, like oh, a small okay. part in that. She was in Star Trek Next Generation. Um, there was one here I wanted to mention. I've mentioned Flatliners already. And this one, I'm sure there was a lot of thought gone into this character name, but she was in Jaws 2. Right. And she's Old Lady. Um, does exactly what it says on the tin exactly yeah so that's pretty much it to be honest there was you know i'm i can't believe i missed the um the son of jesse being in a later episode but then i suppose i what episode is that's like in season three or four is it or maybe even five so it's quite a lot it's quite late on so but yeah i once you said it it kind of clicked in my head obviously but yeah, there's just there's a few. I mean, there's a couple of actors in there that have gone on to do other things. Um, the son of Ms. Melanie went and did a few other things as well. Um, but uh, yeah, that's it really this time, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah, no, great stuff, mate. I always find that really fascinating, those, those little tropes you bring in there. They're brilliant. It's just um, to see what actors have done, really, because you end up watching stuff back and then you go, you may not know them at the, when you first watch an episode or something, and then years later you watch something else and you go, hang on a minute, that's so-and-so from this yeah. or then you go back to the old episode and you go hang on a minute that's you know it's like um i mean i don't know if you ever saw it but ryan reynolds first thing i ever actually saw him in i saw it probably a couple of years after it finished there was a series called a sitcom called um two guys a girl in a pizza place yeah i saw that yeah yeah then it then it became two guys and a girl i think after that but ryan reynolds was in it and nathan fillion as well so it's really random <laughs> Yeah, that was that was quite funny. I remember that being quite yeah, funny. I, I don't know if I watch it back now. I don't I think it's got feeling, a, but... I don't think it's got as good a following as most programmes, but I quite enjoyed it. Mm. Yeah, okay. Um as we sort of hinted at earlier, I guess, the episode this week starts with Sam leaping into Jesse and he's he's effectively just walked into a, a diner and he's we find out that he's picking up um Miss Melanie's lunch for her. Um, but he obviously at this time doesn't know this. He doesn't even know the colour of his skin at this point, uh, as Benny said. He walks in, sits down at the counter, and it causes all sorts of grief because that's it just does, not yeah. what went on in 1955. It shouldn't you know, have but... done. It shouldn't have done. But, you know, it did. It, exactly. That's what was happening, unfortunately. Yeah. And then we see a couple of younger people, I suppose, and, and they're done at very much like um how i suppose the stereotype for people in the southern states at this time may well be with the yeah. dungarees and the, the cap john deere and so on. the john deere cap i noticed as well because i actually yes. i googled it thinking was john deere around then but john deere's been around since like the 1800s so yes it was <laughs> and one of them is called billy joe there's always a billy joe isn't there do you know what i mean there's that... <laughs> <laughs> always a billy something in there yeah yeah definitely yeah Basically, Sam ends up leaving. That's the, it. Billy Joe, sorry. Billy Joe Bob. <laughs> Billy Joe Bob. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Sam and ends toad. up leaving the establishment with the lunch, um, the egg salad, which is referenced all the way through the, through the episode. I mean, she's very, very keen on her egg salad, isn't she, Miss Melanie? Yeah. Would they have had refrigerators then? <laughs> I suppose they would have. I don't know, because it looks warm wherever they are. And it, she, they end up walking around with this bag of egg salad for quite a bit. I, mean, I wouldn't fancy <laughs> tucking into that. Driving in a car that has no air con as well, with the windows open, yeah. that egg salad would be like rank by the time they get it back to that house, I would have thought. Yeah. I mean, basically, he, he leaves the... Sam, sorry, leaves the, the diner and is called by... Miss Melanie, who he is the driver for general handyman, I guess. He yeah. works her house and so on. Um, and on this occasion, he's driving her, as he does every Saturday, apparently, to go and visit Charles, who we find is her her 
what husband who has passed away, Benny. Yeah, yeah. So, so he he's a former the former governor or a governor of that area. Um, so you know she's a, something I did take from this was which we'll get to because we're going to get to in a second. But like we've also got obviously we've got the whole racial uh, segregation stuff going on, which you know which we've already covered, and we it's not right, obviously. But there's a moment where Miss Melanie gets talked to by her son. And essentially is trying to tell his mother what to do because again it's the fifties, so you've kind of got that going on. But she stands her ground, um, yeah. Which is obviously the parent kicking in, but like you got to think that would be going on as well. Really, the woman's rights and everything wouldn't be uh, wouldn't have started yet, you know, either. So you kind of got two fronts here, really, of the domineering man, white man, essentially on both sort of <laughs> on the sun. Yeah, you know, yeah, so that going point. on. And, and you said about when Clayton, his name is, isn't it? Um, Miss Melanie's son. Um, you said about when Sam sort of half confronts him or half motions towards him in the kitchen and, and Clayton effectively carries away. That moment right there just shows you exactly what sort of person he is. He's an absolute bully. He's a complete, yeah. he's a complete shit ice for want of a better term. Yeah, he is. And um, this, is this is her son time, as well, yeah. you know? The first time somebody even remotely stands up to him, he carries away. So I suppose it shows the level of people of that intellect, I guess. Um, we get a moment here from Sam that I always thought was really clever. When he gets in the car and Miss Melanie is basically barking at him to take her where they go every Saturday, which we find out is the cemetery to go and see Charles's grave, her, her ex-husband. Um, Sam says, well, don't you remember when I banged my head? I'm having, tr- I'm having trouble remembering things. Can you give me directions? Now, she calls him out on it and says, you never mentioned banging your head. But I thought that's, that was quite a nice little moment, quite a nice little touch where Sam's trying to be... He's quite clever. He's quite intelligent there in trying to get this information out of her without blowing his cover, I suppose. Yeah, and also, like I think maybe on Sam's part, because she, cause she kind of... Because doesn't she forget herself as well? A bit large, and not long after that. But like, I think Sam maybe thinks I'm not. I'm, I'm going to put words in his mouth here. But she is an older lady, so maybe he thinks he can get away with saying, "Do you remember when I did this?" And she's like, "No, you never. Don't don't talk BS." So she's yeah. from the moment, almost the moment you meet her. First, you think she's a bit of a bully. Then, as it goes on, you realize she's not. But like, she's very much. She doesn't take any shit basically yeah. for a woman in the 50s in because her husband was a governor so again maybe she was a bit more privileged because she's got the station because of that role but she uses it well yeah and, and she's very much I mean, we see as the episode goes on don't we that she's she's obviously very wealthy with the car that she has and the house that that, that she lives in and so on and she has this this stroke in the town, I guess, that people listen to her. She has some sense of authority, I suppose, because of who her husband was. Yeah. Um, we, we get the moment then where they arrive at the grave and, and there's lots of weeds all over the grave where it's not being looked after by the cemetery staff as, as it should have been, apparently. And I, I thought this was a fantastic moment where Sam, as Jesse, gets Miss Melanie to sit down and he clears the weeds for her and so on. Um, I thought that was really touching. Yeah, and you also see that at this point that she's not as bad as she seemed when you when we first meet this character. She's a very mm-hmm. bossy sort of woman. Um, she cares, and she actually, you know, as we go through the episode, and there's little moments where she obviously cares for Jesse, not in a romantic way, as in they're friends, you know. Um, but she kind of pulls back a bit because of the social sort of aspect of it, 
to a degree. You can see that. I see that in her through the episode where she enjoys Jesse's company. She likes having him around. Uh, it's company for her because her son is off doing whatever he's doing. You know, he's an older man. He's probably in his 40s, I'd say. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think she appreciates the company. But every now and again, she gets reminded of her station and how things are. If that makes any sense, that's how yeah, I took it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's spot on. I mean, there's a moment a little while later where she has a bit of a funny turn, doesn't she, in, in her, um, yeah. I suppose, in her sitting room, potentially. She has a bit of a funny turn and she calls for Jesse. So Sam comes running in. And we know that Sam has qualifications in, in medicine and so on. He's, he's a very clever fella. He's got lots of yeah. degrees. Um, so he starts trying to check she's okay, check her pulse and, and so on. And her response is very much a case of, you're not a doctor. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and he responds, sorry, Sam, Jesse responds with, I've, I've done, done some... some doctoring in the past. <laughs> yeah. To which, to which the, you know, that moment of, I suppose, realisation of, of the, 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 the divide between um, the white Miss Melanie and the black Jesse is, is thrown back at you again as yeah, you're watching is, as yeah. a viewer. Because she responds with, keep your... Voodoo, coloured voodoo, voodoo to yourself yeah something like that to yeah. yourself yeah and it's like well it's it's that... brought on it's brought on isn't it because the son this is what i was saying the son is confronting melanie miss melanie his mother about jesse's behavior in the diner just by sitting down it's not like mm-hmm. he wrecked the place but you know um and she gets flustered doesn't she and she basically tells him off and says and he's like, but if he gets steps out of line again, are you going to deal with him? She ignores that comment and says, don't forget the buttermilk and basically sends him off. So I think I was trying to figure out what was wrong with her. And I'm thinking maybe blood pressure. And it's kind of got to a, the stress of trying to hold okay, this yeah. front together, maybe. I th- um, and that's why Sam runs in and obviously does the whole eye checking thing. And yeah, I, I, I did chuckle a little bit when, although it does again remind us that there is that divide. You, I'd be thankful you keep your voodoo to yourself, which I obviously could be considered bad, I suppose. But in the moment, it didn't feel negative compared to the way others have treated Jesse to this point. So yeah, but yeah, it's, it again, is like, obviously um, not not what you want to be hearing or not what you want people to be saying. Of course, of course, of course. But you're right. It's in in the context of the episode, it's not the worst thing said. And if that's yeah. the, if that's if this, you know, a reference to coloured voodoo is not the worst thing said, that gives people sort of, I suppose, a better yeah. idea of some of the abuse that Jesse and his family took from some of the other characters. But it is, like you said, it's like a almost like a cold bucket of water thrown on you because this divide gets just as you feel as though their relationship is probably more solid than we realised. All of a sudden, you get splashed with the cold water again to say, no, it isn't. These little moments throughout the episode just kind of go boom oh oh yeah, yeah. okay you know because we don't obviously see jesse we see sam mm-hmm. uh, as well so i think it, it's very clever it's a very clever episode i can't i can't fault it to be it's honest brilliantly written i think absolutely brilliantly written because for that exact reason you just explained there you're almost as a viewer dragged in to this this relationship that seems really sweet and lovely and, and you had the moment with the weeds and, and the grave um and, and he's now checking on on miss melanie to see if she's okay um, and then literally bang out of nowhere, that comment comes in and it's jarring. It's, it's like, it's like a bolt out of the blue because of the, the sort of sweetness uh, and, and the sort of nice feeling you've been dragged into. And it's just all of a sudden there's a great big swerve. There's a great big, you know, explosion of this in front of you. I think it's fantastically written. And it, it yeah. was Deborah Pratt who, who wrote this, this episode. Um, 
who obviously voices the computer Ziggy in, in later episodes, but also she wrote Starcrossed, which was one of the earlier episodes in this season that we watched that I panned. I did not like it at all. No, yeah. So it's fantastic looking at it that Starcrossed, I didn't enjoy whatsoever. But then the next episode with with Ms. Pratt's name attached to it as a writing credit is is fantastic. Yeah, I wasn't actually aware that she wrote it, to be honest with you. So um, <laughs> that's good to know that because I know she wrote Starcross, as you just said. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, to see that she's done this and it's a bloody good episode. So, I, you know, obviously we're going to rate it quite high, I would assume, by the time we get there. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a good moment. Like I said, like as you as you go through, obviously... Her son I don't like at all, um, no. and yet he is still not the worst of them either. So again, you know, compared to what the uh, Billy Bob and the Toad, I believe his name is. That's right, yeah. Um, I was racking my brains trying to think yeah. of the other guy's name. That's right. <laughs> yeah, uh, compared to what they do, you know, it's a lot worse. And, I mean, it, it escalates quite quickly with them too. Um, I yeah. mean, yeah, so. That's yeah, very much. At. I mean, I mean, let's, let's, let's. Let's get to that, I suppose. We find out that um, via Al, of course, our, our hologrammed friend, um, that Sam is here to stop Miss Melanie dying on the train tracks, which are uh, part of the route to and from the cemetery that she takes in the car each week. And I think to and from the town as well, isn't it? Is 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 you know quite close to her her house, isn't it? These train tracks. Yeah, so it's uh, obviously the railroads are in, and so a lot more people, and the towns are connected a lot more now, but yeah, but they don't have like, um, they have a stop sign, it's not like today where you have the big rails come down and lights flashing and telling you not to go because there's trains, you kind of got to use your own judgment to look across the track to see if there's a train coming, Um, but yeah, Sam's there to stop Miss Melanie from being uh, killed by this, and now the records show this. But the records don't show, and again, this uh, shows you the time, that you know, the era that you're in. Al has no information on whether Jesse was driving, whether Miss Melanie was driving. So they, they know Miss Melanie died in the car crash, but there's no details on whether Jesse has perished in that accident as well, because they didn't keep yeah. records. Yeah, very true. Um, that, that's basically the, the reason Sam is here. That's the, the wrong he has to write. He has to stop her, Miss Melanie, dying on these on these train tracks in her car. Um, when Sam leaves Miss Melanie's house after he's been attempting to treat her when she's had a funny turn, he's picked up by his, um, I guess, granddaughter, is it? Nell. Um, he, she is his driver, I suppose, on this occasion, and um, takes him back to their house to do some some cooking of of chiclets, I believe they called it. <laughs> yes, it was. Which yeah. is which looked gross, and Sam's retching whilst he's doing it. <laughs> well, pig intestines and stomach yes. lining, and, I, and uh, I don't know what. I think it's just the leftovers of the animal. Yeah, it's not I, great. It's not I, great. I, well, it might taste amazing, but it didn't look overly um, appetizing. But then I could be unless somebody wants to send us a plate of it, we'll try it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I've never tried. Well, imagine it. that arriving through the post. No well, thanks. actually, maybe 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 we'll find someone that does it, mate, and we'll do another another episode where we tried it and we can give our honest opinion on that because I've never tried it. I'd give it a go. Um, the thought of it is a bit off-putting, but mm. I'm up for it. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, fine. I'll, I'll tell you what, a couple of beers. Yeah, I'll give it a try. <laughs> <laughs> Put some curry in it; you'll um, be fine. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We um we then I suppose see the the generational gap between the family members because 
Sam is obviously thinking as somebody from the future who is not tolerant of the racist behavior that they are facing. Whereas Jesse's son and, and Nell's father is very much a case of you don't sit down at that counter. Just, you know, almost effectively saying, just keep your mouth shut, keep your head down and let's just get on with our lives. But then Nell herself. Yeah. The, the but he's a, he's a priest or something, isn't he, as well? Yes. Yes. And Nell herself is crazy excited and super proud of her granddad for doing this. And she's all about um, fighting the system, I suppose, for want of a better term. Change. I find that, yeah, I find that quite interesting, the, the sort of different generational <clears throat> viewpoints to this issue. I mean, if you look at it from a... I mean, if we take Sam out of the equation, the youngster doesn't like it, and I get why. The father of Nell... Um, uh, Willis, his name is, um, is probably thinking more. I've got kids. I've got a job. I need to provide for my family. Let's just stay out of the way. Yeah, don't cause trouble. Don't, don't cause trouble. Don't want the boat. So I can probably I can see it from that point of view. But it is interesting, like you said, to see it from a younger perspective. And then obviously the the parents uh, of Nell are like, no, we need to just crack on, look after ourselves, and move forward. Basically. Um, yeah. So it's not, it's, I mean, it's set, isn't it, a few months before, like, Rosa Parks, isn't it, and stuff, I think. But, um, yeah, they said, I think, four months, wasn't it, Al yeah, says, towards so, the end of the episode, potentially, so. Yeah, because Sam, um, Sam beats the drum, cause, and, and I get why, but he's he feels he's there to also start the sort of, the civil rights movement, but he's not. He's there to save Miss Melanie, who actually, as we go on, turns out to be quite a pivotal character, at least in this town, anyway. Yes, yes. Um, and we get the... I suppose the the attitude, the the response of the father, uh, not wanting to rock the boat. We get straight, literally straight away, an insight as to why his mindset is that way, and it, his mindset, as right or wrong, it's almost effectively justified in this moment because there's a there's you hear a scream, and Toad and Billy Bob or Billy Joe or whatever whatever his name was, uh, Billy Joe Bob, Billy Joe. That's it. Okay, um, they basically put a burning cross on the lawn of the of jesse's family um yeah. and the young girl is terrified and crying uh, it's, and it's quite an uncomfortable moment to ty, see ty, jesse tyler is her name is by the way just yeah. so you're uh... <laughs> and, and they're they're sort of chuckling and laughing at their exploits we we see sam the next day jesse sorry the next day going to the sheriff to try and get something done about this we find out that one of the boys is the sheriff's son which is and his... yeah it's just like for frick's sake it really is you can't catch a yeah. break you know Exactly, and and the attitude of the sheriff was, I suppose, as as you would expect, looking at the attitude of the son. I guess it's kind of very similar. Well, it is the way it is. Yeah, boys will be boys, I believe the line is, and yeah, it's like really it's, it's not great. Absolutely not. No, it's a take away the other stuff in terms of like Jesse's family. Just doing that at all with a cross is very disrespectful. I mean, I'm not a religious man myself, but like, it's you know, you don't do that. It's disrespectful, you know, people's beliefs, isn't it? So, well, yeah, yeah, it's it's you know, there's there's obviously varying different levels of of story behind that symbolism, which I don't really want to get into. No, of course not. No, today, like, but um, yeah, of course. And we almost then get another moment where Sam, uh, as Jesse and Miss Melanie are you almost see the affection again that the sort of the friendship the kinship between them when sam is trying to fix part of her sink uh there's a pipe that is leaking and it sprays them both with a bit of water and they have a laugh and it's, it's a lovely moment again and you see the warmth between the two 
But then that's followed up again, Benny. You explained it so perfectly with the previous moment like this. Followed up again with that sort of bolt out the blue where she's like, well, why are you sitting down to have tea with me? I've made you tea like I do every day, but you have yours in the kitchen. Yeah. And again, it's, it's, that's yeah. kind of lovely warmth that just gets shattered with that one It's hot that one and cold, moment. isn't it? It's very hot and cold very very quickly. But you, you see, like I said, you see the friendship and it's like that moment with the pipe is quite funny. The pipe still leaking, saying so a new pipe and they turn the water off. And, you know, um, even to the point where Miss Melanie's actually sort of hands Jesse a towel, but before she hands it him, like wipes some of the water off him as well. Like just friendship, yes. like I said. Um, and then all of a sudden you can't drink tea with me at the table, even though even though Miss Melanie made the tea, Jesse is serving it. So Jesse doesn't do everything in the house, which is a nice little moment. Again, it's only little things here, but but to be told he can't sit with her and drink with her is like, what the hell? And it's like like you said, it's jarring almost because you go from nice moment to wake up call, like, you know? Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, we then see that Nell arrives to take um, Jesse home again. But Sam here, I, I'm assuming he's doing this to try and stop the car being around Miss Melanie. He's, he's still trying to work out to make sure she's not in the car at this particular time when the yeah, train goes the, down the tracks. Yeah, it's the day of, isn't it? It's the day of yes. it's supposed to happen. So, Yeah, so Sam explains to <clears> Nell, <throat> no, it's okay. We're going to take... I'm going, I'm going to drive Miss Melanie's car home because I've got to work on the engine or something. Making excuses to basically have the car nowhere near her. The issue yeah. with that is, of course, Nell then has to travel back alone and sam has been seen earlier in the day drinking from a whites only fountain so and he was seen by our two old buddies toad and billy joe and they've decided they're going to teach him a lesson but they don't realize that sam is not in the car do they benny yeah they um nell's on her way to i think choir practice i think if i remember rightly um jesse's not in the car as size already said and then uh, they get they run her off the road and not realizing it's her in the car, they realize instead of helping her, they drive off and leave her. Um, and it's just like, for goodness, it's gone. It went too far anyway. It's gone even more over the line, um, hurting now. Who's a young woman, you know, driving a car by herself. I mean, obviously in those days, no, I don't think seatbelts were compulsory. There no airbags. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. uh, she's. I mean, um. Yeah, it's it's not a nice moment, but again, this is what the one actual lad. I don't know which is which. I think it's towed up the wheel. Billy Joe's like, I don't want to do this, and the other ones like, No, we're just going to teach him a lesson, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, it gets out of control, and uh, they run Nell off the road and realize it's not Jesse. And then instead of helping her, what do they do? They drive off. Yeah, and just leave her. The car's upturned, and she's in quite a mess. To be fair, she is. Yeah, yeah. Um... We then I, I almost get, I suppose, Final Destination vibes from this episode because it's like we've got this particular time that we know Miss Melanie is going to get hit by this train on this certain part of the tracks. Yeah. The only point where the road crosses at a certain time, uh, and it's almost like that's like the crux of the situation. That's where the stars align, and that's when that thing happens. Yeah. And I never thought of it like that before, little... actually, to be fair. The Final Destination yeah. vibe. I didn't think of that. Yeah, I get it very much with this episode because Sam's, yeah. Sam's kind of doing things to alter that, but almost like whatever is controlling time, whether it's fate or whatever. But he feels like, but even when he's driving away, he feels like something bad's going to happen, doesn't he? He does mention that, like to in his yeah. like monologue. And it's like, for example, he's going to take the car back, 
So he's he's in theory cutting away the option for Miss Melanie to drive herself there and have have this accident. Then something happens to mean that they get in the car. So they're heading towards. Well, he needs a new pipe, doesn't he? And he tries to convince Miss yes. Melanie he'll go by himself. Then she won't have it, so he says, oh, she'll, she says, I'll drive myself, and then he's like, no, 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 I'll drive, so he ends up having to drive the car anyway with her in it. Um, and obviously, as you'll get into, they discover, on the way into town, they discover a crash car, and then obviously it's Nell, and they manage to pull her out of the car, and I always figure when he wraps her head in the bandage, like, should you be moving her neck? But obviously, he's got no choice. <laughs> no neck braces yeah, well, in 55, yeah, obviously. Ditch, I guess, as well, so. Yeah. But it's that thing to me of, He's driving in a different direction and so on, but because of the crash, he now, Jesse, Sam, sorry, wants to take the girl to a hospital. If Sam had left with Nell in the first place, maybe that crash wouldn't have occurred when it did. It's all these little sort of subtleties and different layers and almost a sort of time travel paradox kind of situations, yeah. I, mean, I guess, uh, where where you sort of move the goalposts to try and change something, and then something else happens that you've not thought of that brings the disaster still, back anyway, in line yeah. again. I mean, I feel like, to obviously we'll get to it, um, but Jesse sitting down in the diner, I feel like the actual Jesse wouldn't have done that. I feel like the actual... I mean, I could be wrong on this, obviously. We're just, no, yeah, yeah I, I agree. Yeah, the actual Jesse wouldn't have drunk from the water fountain... So actually, Sam's presence has almost forced it. But also, the other side of that, with Miss Melanie, obviously, we're gonna, we'll might as well get to it now. Obviously, they so they find now they end up having to take her to a hospital. The nearest one, unfortunately for Sam, is a whites-only hospital, isn't it? Yes. Um, so they take her there. The doctors come out rushing, and then all of a sudden they realise it's a black girl, and they go, "Well, we can't, we can't treat her here." The girl's bleeding, the for goodness' sake! It's against, you know, it's against the law or whatever. But the girl's bleeding in Jesse's Sam's arms, and it's just like, for goodness' sake! And it takes, and I like this moment. This is probably one of the, uh, one of my old boy moments. Is um, Miss Melanie gets out the car and goes, "You will treat that woman. You know who I am. I know your mother. Basically, <laughs> she does that. I know your mother, <laughs> yeah. which I like. I know your mum. <laughs> yeah, I know your mum. You know who I am. Treat this girl. Um, and then." Uh, they do, thank God, and then obviously we'll get. I'll get this out of the way now. Nell is okay; she's reco- she recovers or starts recovering at least. Um, but Sam, Jesse, uh, Miss Melanie goes into the hospital to make sure Nell's looked after. She says to Jesse, you, "You better wait outside; it's just easier. I will make sure she's okay," which she does. Um, then the sheriff turns up and then arrests Jesse for bringing a black girl to a white hospital, even though she's bleeding in his arms there on the freaking steps. You know. Yeah, because of Ethel, the nurse. Yo, Ethel she's a freaking annoying. She is oh, bloody annoying. She is horrible. Is that her name, Ethel? Yeah. She gets referred to as Ethel by the sheriff, I think. Oh, it is, yeah. Nurse, nurse Ethel. <laughs> she is that wrong. vile, isn't she? She is horrible, yeah. She is, um, yeah, she's yeah, very horrible. But what I was getting to is, like, so Jesse gets arrested. Um, he convinces the sheriff to tell the nurse to don't let Miss Melanie leave for, I think it's half an hour, 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, so Sam goes, okay, I'll come quietly. Come quietly. He gets arrested. Miss Melanie comes out and Nurse Ethel, still being a cow, but you, the sheriff says you must stay here. Not Jesse said or... And she's like, well, <laughs> did he? Well, he's going to have a shock then, isn't he? Gets in the car <laughs> and starts driving. Where she start driving, Si? Well, she's heading right to that point where the road crosses the railway. Yeah. 
I'll put my. We'll get through that, and I'll put, I'll give you my theory after. Okay. Um, we're basically getting to the, the I suppose the, the the incident. I guess that Sam is there to stop, stop happening or or influence himself. We have Miss Melanie on her own in the car driving towards the crossroads to go and get Jesse out of prison or go and kick the sheriff's backside or whatever motivation she has. She's very cross. Yeah. She's driving towards the the crossroads, I've I guess, got, for want of a better term. Yeah, and... I've, I've got to say, though, quickly, that Al is here with Miss Melanie at this point, shouting at her, screaming at her, saying, yes. telling her not to drive. And he tells, what I, this has made me laugh, when he says to Gushy, send to me on Miss Melanie now. He says, do it now or I'll punch your brains off. And I'm like, I've never heard anybody say that before. Punch your brains off. I, I, yeah, I was just like, what is he up? Punch your brains He's off? He's just what? that angry and flustered, I think, that he doesn't really think his words out. Yeah. And it worked. It's um, quite a natural moment, actually, I find. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he's uh, Sam. Sorry, Al is obviously in the passenger seat. But they say shouting and screaming at Miss Melanie to not drive because she's going to cross the the crossroads. And we get some brilliant moments here. I think um, the, the old steam locomotive we see motoring down the tracks, and it's a big, powerful machine, very much of its time. Yeah. The car Miss Melanie is driving is absolutely beautiful, nineteen fifties uh, motor vehicle, and it's probably the first episode that we've come to Benny uh, and what we now seven episodes in yeah. where it's almost like the scenery and the sets and, and, and the props and so on really add to the feeling of being in 1955. The, the other episodes we've had, okay, they've had their head in a certain way. They've dressed a certain way. They might've had the odd car, but this one, everywhere you look, you are confronted with 1955, whether it's the furniture in, in Miss Melanie's mansion, whether it's the car, the train, even even Jesse just walking and crossing the road, carrying this bag of egg salad, you see the old barbershop windows. Yeah, you see the, yeah. the cars driving in the background. It really is like, this is 1955. And it's the first episode I've, I've actually felt that sort of engrossed in the timeline of. Yeah, I, do you know what? I agree because I was trying to place it and there's something about this episode. It's good, obviously. We're very much giving it a lot of praise. But from the writing to the set and the the whole sort of feel of the episode you could almost it's a it's a period piece isn't it really essentially yes. um but you almost feel like you could be what you could be like you're like a fly on the wall and i love and i think that comes to again like we've already said when they we have those moments we miss melanie and jesse sam where one minute it's all friendship the next minute it cuts you off it's almost like cutting the legs off you and i think with everything coming together, it does. It is obviously, like I said, it's a very highly rated episode, anyway. Um, and this, and there's a very good reason for that. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I, I we'll get to it when we rate the episode um, at, at my thoughts and so on about this as well. But it's almost like this feels, this feels like the first episode we've watched where I 100% feel like this is the quantum leap I love and look back on fondly. Yeah. Whereas I've not had that to that level with any of the previous episodes. I think we're going to see that in the next episode as well. To be honest with you, mm. yeah, I think yeah. you, you bought you. I think it's the content of the story, um, as well as everything else. Of you, as you've just said, so si, uh, it brings it all together really well. So I think you, like you said, this is the quantum leap that we want the we want people to see, isn't it? Really? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so I suppose sum- summarising the, the end, getting to the end of the episode here, yep. we have Al, who is obviously a hologram. No one can see and hear or whatever they say at the beginning of the episode. 
screaming at Miss Melanie to turn into the cemetery, which is the the little junction right before the railway tracks and would obviously stop her getting in the line of this big, powerful locomotive heading in her direction. And he's screaming and shouting and it gets quite tense. The noise of the train and Al yelling. Um, she's Miss Melanie's coming across quite confused at this point. Um, almost like she might be having another little funny turn. She's talking to her like self slash late husband, isn't she? As well, yes. kind of that in that moment as well. So, yeah, she's saying, "Oh, Charles, you always knew what to do. What should I do here?" And all this sort of, sort of, <laughs> sort of <laughs> am business. I in the right gear and all that kind of stuff? Is yeah, it's quite yeah. sweet, and, really. <laughs> yeah, and your heart sort of goes out to her because almost she feels in this scene almost kind of lost a little bit. Yeah, I would say, yeah, that's a fair assessment because, again, like the friendship with, that's what I said earlier in the episode, I feel like she likes having Jesse around. They are friends, but then there's that snap of reality keeps kicking in, you know? She is capable of doing things herself, but, again, I think it's more about having the company with Jesse every day to help her with stuff around yeah. the house. And uh, and I don't think it's just about helping around the house. It is his, his friendship as well. Yeah, I, she comes across almost lonely in certain moments and being yes, in that big yeah. house. And she mentions it herself, her son's off doing whatever he does. Having Jesse there is it is like companionship, isn't it? It's it's have, it basically, to summarise it as simply as I can, it's having a friend. It's having someone there. Yeah, yeah. I can't really add to that, to be honest. It's, it's spot on. Yeah. Um, eventually, we do get the the turning of the steering wheel that ultimately saves her life, I guess. Uh, Miss Melanie, the last second, diverts the car away from the tracks and actually almost half turns to Al and says, there is no need to swear, yeah. Charles. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you never know. I mean, I've got a theory I just want to get to, but we never know whether it's because of the headaches. Maybe she hears Al for a split second to say, mm. stop, damn it. Um I don't know. I, you can, you, we never know, really, to be honest with you. So I don't know whether it's to do with a headache or... And this is what I was going to go back to. My theory is, like, Jesse probably wouldn't have sat down in the, uh, in the diner, wouldn't have drunk from the fountains, and none of this other stuff would have happened. So maybe, I'm not blaming Jesse, but maybe he was driving at the time in the original history. Ah, okay. So is it because she has these funny turns in her head that cause her to save her life? Did she hear Al? Again, we never, we will never know, because no matter what Sam did in that scenario, like you said, very final destination, which is a very good way of putting it, we still ended up almost losing her because Sam was not there. She, in theory, she couldn't hear Al, but did she? <laughs> we don't know. So my theory was maybe in the original history, Jesse was driving. Yeah, and you got, I suppose, another layer of what if and oddness to that as well in the fact that if. Miss Melanie hadn't um, put her foot down and been assertive with the hospital staff yeah. to get Nell treated in the whites only hospital. She wouldn't be in the location she is exactly, to be driving yeah. to where she's going to cross the tracks. Add to that the fact that she's on this journey to effectively um, go and go and give the sheriff a piece of her mind for the way that he has been behaving um, you know, with the racist behavior, I guess, and with Maybe, yeah. regards to arresting Jesse, it's well, almost like her good intentions place her in location A, and her good intentions are getting her for traveling from location A to location B. Yeah, but halfway across that is where she gets killed. Yeah, yeah. So it's almost like her 
Miss Melanie's sort of mindset of trying to do what we would deem the right thing is almost what brings her to her death in a weird way. Yeah, yeah, it's another way of looking at it. Or the other way is maybe it did happen like that before, but the, the X factor, the difference was Al, and that headache for Ooh. that split second saved her. So, mate, did Al actually save her? Well, that's just, I, I actually <laughs> you know? just took it as that she heard Al. See, oh, the that's, way you've well, explained that, yeah, is yeah. Really, you're right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, when I initially watched this back in the day and I've seen it several, I've always taken it as Al saved her for that split mm. second, that headache, weird neurons firing in her brain for a split second she heard al i don't know but then the other way of looking at like i said already was did jesse not do any of these things and she was he was driving the car originally or maybe those lads did run Nell off the road in the original history anyway and they were on their way to find her maybe i don't know it's it you could literally go there's many different uh as you see in the loki the, in the tva there's many different timelines that you could go through here and yeah. get to the same result to a degree so or even yeah like you said the same result but just she was doing something else maybe um i don't know it will never know but i i've i up until i sort of put that theory forward i've always taken it as that she heard out yeah that makes sense um the weird thing is obviously this 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 scenario is avoided this this wrong that sam has to write has been corrected uh and then sam is eventually freed from the prison on miss melanie's instruction but he still hasn't leapt he he still hasn't he he hasn't leaped into his next challenge i guess yeah so and he, and he is asking, why am I still here? And we get an absolutely brilliant scene at the end where Jesse goes into the same diner to fetch. It's almost Miss like where, where, where we started, wasn't it? It was yeah. like you go full circle. And it's, it's so brilliantly done and brilliantly filmed, but it's not, it's nothing complicated. It's just so simple where they've effectively had a little bit of an argument about how, how the way things are, and Sam is trying to tell Miss Melanie that she has this stroke in this time to change people's perceptions. And she and did change just... it that day with Nell, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and she's very much a case of, no, this is the way it is, and so on. And he goes off then, he's basically scolded, uh, Sam is, sorry, Jesse is basically scolded and told to go and fetch her egg salad from, from the diner. She goes in, sorry, Sam goes in, and right at the table, the booth at the back wall is all four of the the villains of the piece. I guess you have Toad, Billy Joe, the sheriff, and Melanie's son, son yeah. Clayton. And they all turn around slowly and just stare at Jesse as he walks to the counter. The same seat is empty, right in the middle of the counter. Um, I don't know whether you get a particularly bad draft from there or something, and that's why that seat's always <laughs> empty. Maybe who knows? Maybe. But yeah. he walks up. To, he walks up to this spot to collect um, the the egg salad, and then you hear a voice behind him, and it's Miss Melanie saying, "I would like to eat in here today." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she takes the food, sits down. Sam looks at his feet a little bit, looks a bit despondent, and, and goes to leave. And then just the the, the simplest of, of instructions or the simplest of invites, I guess. Jesse, won't you join me? And right there, that moment was just absolutely fantastic as he gets to sit down at the counter, which started the episode yeah. in a massive, crazy racism shitstorm. He is now sat <laughs> next to this very powerful lady in the same Nobody's seat. Nobody's going to do anything. Smiling at his his reflection in the mirror. And it's just a brilliant, brilliant moment, Benny. 
It is. It's a. Well, I remember first watching it, thinking, "Oh, for goodness sake!" And then she says that, I was like, "Yeah, you almost want to fist pump the air, like, yeah, go on." It is very much one of those moments, um, and a great way to sort of end it. Um, um, and I obviously, like you said, four months later, Rosa Parks and stuff happens. So you know, it, it all links in and like sort of nicely to a degree. You get a somewhat. I wouldn't say this was a happy ending, but it's a step in the right direction sort of ending, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it could have been I worse. I, it could have been worse. I did see it as a happy ending. I mean, I'm not saying it's not a happy ending. I'm just saying, you know, it's a step in the right direction. And oh, yeah. it's, it's I think like... the reason why Sam didn't leap, because time, fate or God or whatever, what they refer to as leaping him around, Sam's very passionate about, I should be here to start the civil rights movement and all this kind of stuff almost to give Sam that satisfaction of all the crap that he's had to deal with in this leap as Jesse is almost like a hell yeah. I'm just thinking now, what would, what was Jesse going to feel like when he woke, when he sort of came back? Cause when he, when we, when he leapt in, he was in the diner when he leaps back out and Jesse leaps in, (laughs) he's back in the diner, but like three or four days have passed. Yeah. (laughs) I always feel sorry. I wonder if, I wonder if he leaps back in realizes he's sat at the diner and sat at back the counter, up. no i don't think and, so and it's just terrified and jumps back up and like he's like oh, i'm so sorry or something yeah you know? yeah i know I, I think honestly it's um i think jesse was maybe in that car originally maybe uh with miss melanie oh, okay. um so i feel as though he may have done maybe not everything sam did but would have done something along those lines eventually uh so but we'll never know will we it's a great episode no that's it. It's brilliant. It's absolutely fantastic. And I suppose that does bring us to our um, our Kakazo boys and so on. Yeah, uh, we'll start with the negative, as we always do. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I struggle a little bit here, Benny, to, to find a, a Kaka moment. What about yourself? I struggle as well. But, I mean, you could look at the, the stuff that goes on in the episode. But in terms of writing... Um, and the way it is, it's it's quite hard. I can't think of... I'm literally struggling to find one, so which means I'm not going to force one. Um, but I, I can't really... I mean, you if you're going to watch it, you need to be open-minded about it and not just pan it because of the content. The content is very powerful and can be very much, as we said at the beginning of the episode, very relevant even mm-hmm. now. Um, and also a good measuring stick to where we've how we've come forward with it is again it's not perfect in the world but you know we are more respectful i think as a as a whole there are still some bad elements in the world obviously um but overall you can look at it and see where how far we've come there's still work to do but we've come a long way yeah yeah i mean i'm very much in the same mindset as you i mean i've got a note here that was going to be my my caca moment but the more i think about it and the more we have spoken the more i kind of disagree with myself now oh okay um, that's a first al, for me <laughs> al reaching miss melanie and getting her to effectively turn the car just felt a bit off yeah that's literally that's literally the note i've got al reaching miss melanie a bit off i mean the, uh, in and terms, i'm stretching oh, i think i'm stretching to find that as a real big negative yeah i mean i wouldn't say it's a caca moment but the bit where he's in the cell talking to jesse sam sorry um, about reaching Miss Melanie and saving her, because that's how they've taken it. Um, but him going, I wonder if I could reach younger women. I mean, that's quite creepy. <laughs> but that's Al for you, isn't it? Really. So I mean, yeah. it, it, it's I a think bit that's creepy. One of those that 
if you if this if this is the first episode you've ever seen, if you've never seen Quantum Leap before, you don't understand the the characters. The concept, you're yeah. not familiar. Yeah, you're not familiar with the characters or anything like that. And you hear that come out of Al's mouth, you are like, whoa, yeah. what is that? But knowing how the character is and having already seen the some worse than that plus, to be fair. you know <laughs> episode you kind of you kind of chuckle because you know he doesn't mean it in a I, I don't think he al means it in in that way does he is it's, no. it's very much a case of you know younger women as in miss melanie's what 75 <laughs> yeah yeah he's, he's not, his, not his not his in, not his type you know, you know someone his age maybe yes <laughs> yeah pretend, well no one probably, probably you know, not know he's <laughs> years younger or whatever yeah <laughs> um so then, Benny, uh, a, a positive, mate. I mean, there's plenty to be taken, I think. But have you got an old boy for us? Um, I mean, the favourite moment, obviously, as we've just said about him sitting down in the count at the counter at the end, is obviously a very good moment. Um, but I think, and it again, subtle. But I think, I mean, the chiclet scene's funny to see Sam yes. sort of gagging over that and like and pigging. Oh, but he's, oh my god, cheap stomach and all that kind of stuff. So I think, and Al's like, oh my god, I can't wait. I I wish I was here to taste it and the cornbread and all this kind of stuff. Um, so you got two sort of Sam's never had it before, and Al you did have it because Al was very much a supporter. He was went on the marches and got you know beaten up along with everybody else during the during that time period. So that's cool. Um, and the bits, so I'll, I'll give that an oh boy moment. That was cool. I like that. Oh boy. And the other one is just Jesse when uh, Clayton is like trying to sort of put Jesse down and say, mm, Yeah. You need to put yourself in line, boy. And he kind of steps forward towards Clayton and Clayton's like, Oh my God, like, like you are, you're all talk, mate. And so I think that's probably a good, uh, a good oh boy moment. Oh boy. Yeah, I agree with everything you've said there. Um, the one I've got written down in front of me when I when I do my notes ready for the show yeah. literally says the end. The and end. then I've got <laughs> go on, Miss Melanie, you badass. Yeah, okay. When she walks in and just yeah, that that's that for me is superb. Oh boy. There you go then. I mean, we haven't had any cacas. I mean, I'll, I'm going to play it anyway because it'd be weird not to. So went a little caca. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Great I, episode. I, I don't think it's going to be a big surprise to yourself, Benny, or anyone listening. Um, my thoughts on this episode and where where we go ratings wise. We rate everything out of five on this yeah. show, and this is this is my first five, mate. I've, I I freaking loved it. I'm going to go five as well, mate, to be honest. I can't not. I'm, I mean, when I watched it back, I think I was a bit nitpicky on a few things. But as you said, as we've talked about it and the story and sort of reliving it with yourself, and hopefully people have watched the episode as well so they know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, at the bottom of the episode, any comments and stuff, you know, let us know what you thought of it. But yeah, I'm giving it a five as well. It was a, it was a freaking great episode. And I actually was looking on IMDb and it's actually in season one, it is the highest rated episode as well. I just looked at it now. Um, so, oh, right. so out of all the episodes, um, out of season one, it has scored on IMDb. It has an eight point six out of ten. So I'm, okay. guess, I'm guessing it's out of ten on IMDb. Um, and I'm looking back through the episodes now. There's some good. There's some high ones in here, but um, the color of truth is the highest rated on IMDb so far, based on what we've already talked about. So. Great episode. Like I keep saying it. It's gonna. I'm just gonna call this episode a great episode. It's a good episode. Yeah. Hopefully, you've enjoyed the show while we've been talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. It is my favorite so far, um, as shown by the rating I've given it. 
and this is the quantum leap i remember this is the quantum leap yeah. that has made me so interested to do this project with you this is the quantum leap that fired me up um about what about re-watching the show again these sort of episodes so yeah absolutely brilliant and i think our next episode is going to have very similar vibes we have kamikaze kid um before we go into the details of that next week benny what are your what are your thoughts now pre-watch back i guess i hope it because i will admit i did come into because i've seen color of truth so many times i know it's good um but obviously to have a bit more of an analytical eye on it i've I was a bit worried that I wouldn't like it as much as I thought I did. And I'm just hoping the same with Kamikaze Kid. I remember the kiss with history in Kamikaze Kid. Uh, that's the one moment. Oh, that, I don't. No? Okay, well, I'm not going to spoil it. I'll let you watch it. There's a good kiss with history in this next episode. Um, the I will, I will say this. It's not a musical, obviously, but it does give me very Grease vibes, <laughs> this episode. Oh, I got that. Yeah. Obviously, at the end of each episode, we get that sort of little trailer for the next yes, episode. Yeah, we? Yeah. we see where he's left in, and we get the old boy and so on. And yeah, the car, the the, the racing yeah, that they're obviously yeah. taking part in it is really based upon that, isn't it? So it that's is, quite cool. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I got a very much like you could add the Grease Lightning uh, theme tune over that last scene just at the end of the, ep- the episode to give you that little, and it wouldn't be out of place, put it this way. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, well, in terms of the episode, I remember a bit more. I am. Um, I remember the mother in it being quite funny um, of Cameron, who Sam leaps into. Um, but we'll get into that when we talk about the episode. But I, I, I'm hoping it lives up to my memory because I, much like Colour of Truth, I very much like this next episode coming up as well. So I'm hoping it, yeah. not watched it yet, but obviously when we come back, I would have. And I'm just hoping, I'm literally praying now, <laughs> as I said, I'm not a religious man, that it's as good as I remember it being. <laughs> <laughs> i think i think we're going to be okay because i remember this being good as well or maybe we're just both way off who knows we'll find out we'll next find week. out yes um, before we depart then benny can you please let everyone know whereabouts they can find your good self online and the social medias for the waiting room pod itself obviously give uh at radio techers a follow as well where we're actually being hosted uh for the you know we've got to make sure we do that good good people over there uh, Sai does some great shows with them as well. I'm just giving you a little plug here, mate. Oh, but, thanks, mate. But myself here, <laughs> uh, you can find me at Benny Mac, uh, B-E-Triple-M-Y-M-A-C-K. And that's on Twitter. So that's it, really. That's where you can follow me. Yeah, okay. Um, you can follow me at SJP Words. I want to echo what Benny says. Subscribe to the Radio Techers YouTube station, channel, whatever they, whatever you call it. <laughs> channel. Um, yeah. <laughs> and the Twitch as well. They've got a Twitch channel as well. So Yeah, some brilliant stuff there. Brilliant content on the Radio Techers brand, I guess, or station, however you want to word it. Football. I mean, I mean real football, as in it's a ball and you play with your feet. It's not, 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 not the nonsense egg-chasing stuff. Whoa, whoa, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wrestling content and, and so on. <laughs> all, all, all brilliant, brilliant stuff. And, of course, the waiting room. So you yeah. can find me at SJP Words. Um, subscribe and follow Radio Techers as well, at Radio Techers. You can also find the show at Waiting Room Pod underscore on Twitter. The Facebook and the Instagram is slightly different handle, Benny, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Well, so on Facebook, it's Waiting Room Pod. And then on Instagram, it's the waiting room pod underscore. Um, all right. So it's all very, very similar. I, I it is very if you similar. Search yeah. Waiting room pod. You're going to find us. Yeah, you'll see the logo. <laughs> the logo that's on the show already, you will find it. It's not a problem. I just want to echo very quickly about Radio Techers. I mean, we're the only 
TV review show at the moment as we record this on there. It's a very sport-orientated. There's nothing wrong with that, wrestling and stuff. So there's something for everybody. And hopefully this show is provi- providing a uh, an outlet for people to re-watch this great show, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, definitely so. Definitely so. Um, right. I suppose that is it. As as we said, follow Benny at Benny Mac. Follow myself at SJP Words. Follow the waiting room all over the place at waiting room pod underscore and various other incarnations of that. Uh, we are done for this week, my friend. Yeah. Next week we are sticking around, I guess, in a similar time period. We jumped to 1961 for Kamikaze Kid. Yeah. Benny. I will speak to you next week, bud. Yeah, we're about to leap out and we hope you're all doing well and we'll see you again soon.